welcome to Bwahaha Cast, episode 37, if you could believe such a thing. I am Chris Kirby. With me is David the Micro Cheese Simonton. Hello, David. And I am pretty small cheese. So they say, I, I, don't, I don't really yes. want to know. Yeah, I know. I, I, if I had a dollar, yeah. What are you reading you right doing, now? Chris? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. What are you reading? All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't think I listed this last time. I read uh, Conan, uh, the Barbarian, uh, Omnibus number four. Again, any digital artist out there that uh, thinks they're a good artist, just go back and look at the stuff in here and you'll realize you're not. Um, I also read... Uh, <laughs> Starting off grippy. Um, also read uh, Die, uh, Volume 2. I read Volume 1 uh, within the past year. Couldn't tell you what it's about. Still can't tell you what it's about. I, I think they're trapped in a role-playing game. Not positive, because right. I don't remember the first one. Um, it's. I think you. I think I remember you saying that you, um, you had mixed feelings about it, like you... Yeah. I like could, everybody looked the same and you liked it, but you didn't like it. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the art was, was well done. As I recall, it was kind of painted. Um, yeah. but it, I couldn't tell the characters apart. And that's, and I don't really know what it's about. Um, I like it, but I don't like it. So, I mean, whether I read three or not, I don't know, but it, I mean, it's good. Right. Don't get me wrong, but I, yeah. Um, next was, a. Uh, 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 ghost stories silver age classics collection it's like uh, from dale comics uh the first i don't know if it was the only five issues but it was the first five issues of ghost stories i think um really cool stuff just like the ec stuff just not as gory and not quite as wordy although it was still wordy and then the last thing i read i read this in like two days it was the spider gwen omnibus um i've not the only thing I like about her is her costume. I love her her costume. Yeah. I don't I don't know why, but I love it. So that's the appeal of it. Having said that, uh, the writing wasn't that great. You know, it was just sort of that who trying to appeal it? to millennials. Um, Jason Latour. I don't know who that is. Um, I can't remember who draws it, but the art is digital sloppiness. It just you know, it's just yeah. it didn't. It's not realistic looking. Just sort of angular and I don't know. I but. <laughs> The great thing was, even though it's like a thousand pages, um, it it didn't take long to read. So I just read them back to back to back to back to back to back. And I read it and probably within 24 hours. I don't know how I did that with an omnibus other than the fact it didn't take long to read. I was cross-eyed by the end of it. But reading them all together and since it wasn't wordy, they were fun to read. Um, would I recommend them? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I've read. What have you read? Well, you know, sometimes we uh, we gather for this podcast, and I have this long list of comics and trades that I have read. This uh, this ain't it. So I've uh, I've <laughs> I'm in the mi middle of reading one thing. That's all that I have really read uh, since the last episode, and it's an odd one. So I'm interested to know if you even know what this is. Um, have you heard of the comic empowered? If I have, I'm not familiar with it. No. Okay. So this is a ongoing, I think it's still going, um, a comic that's been going for quite a while. It's written and drawn by Adam Warren. It's a dark horse book. It's black and white. Um, and it is about this superheroine, 
and it takes a lot of shots at um, uh, anime. It takes a lot of shots at uh, the way women are depicted in uh, manga comics and the way they're in superhero comics in general. Uh, it's it's pretty funny. I'll, I'll, so this I'm reading the first omnibus. I mean, I think there's a ton of them. Uh, and this one's like 600 something pages. Uh, and that's, it's so weird to me. Like there's a, there are comics out there like this that are collected that, uh, you know, I just stumble upon. I'm like, never heard of this in my whole life. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not familiar with it. So I, you know, I don't, I don't think it's the greatest thing I've ever read. Uh, it is, um, it would certainly satisfy your, uh, particular, uh, tendency towards, um, well-endowed characters, David. <laughs> I'm only human, Chris. <laughs> so you say. Yeah, so I say. Yeah. Now, you said it was funny. Is it Cowboy Wally funny? Or is it just... Yeah, funny? How the heck would I know? I know. Well, you read like, what, two pages? So you should have gotten something out of that. You know? Looking at it right now. Know. It sits over there. I have it in my bookshelf positioned exactly so the title can stare at me whenever I'm sitting at my desk. I know we sh <laughs> we should have called ourselves the Cowboy Wally Show. Just, you know. Then we probably would have gotten sued by Kyle Baker. But, you know, there are worse things in life than to, to get noticed by Kyle Baker. Yeah, we'd get to meet him, whether yeah. he hated us or not. You know. <laughs> Cross the courtroom, yeah. <laughs> but, well, that's all right. We'd get to meet our our heroes. So, so that's all I've yeah. been reading. I mean, that's that's really it. So I don't I don't have a huge huge list this time. So, uh, but what I do have is our topic of the week, and that is comics that are that should be available in trade, but are not. Uh, they may have once upon a time been printed, but they're, those may have gone out of print. Or in some cases, I know there are some on my list that, to my best knowledge, have never been collected. So with that in mind, let's get started, David. What do you, what do you have? Uh, my first one is Infinity Inc. Oh, my gosh. Incorporated. You know, I never thought. And I just actually thought about that today. Uh, <laughs> I, it was a late addition to the list. Yeah, it was uh, written by Roy and Dan Thomas. It was uh, Dan is his wife. I would imagine she probably wrote it more than he wrote it, you know. But um, right, it it had sort of the you know legacy heroes from the JSA, sort of like their kids and stuff like that. They were sort of taking over the mantle, and uh, the Star Girl TV show got a lot from this series, actually. But um, it was a really good series. Uh, Todd McFarlane sort of got his start there. Um, you know, it was sort of like reading the All-Star Squadron, but modern day. It was it was uh, really cool. And I, I, to my knowledge, I don't think it's ever been reprinted, and I'm not sure why. Yeah, I don't really know. Well, I guess the only reason is, although anymore, why not reprint all this stuff? Because, I mean, even if you sell a few copies, that's better than it just sitting in a vault somewhere, isn't it? Right. Um, yeah. But that's... Uh, a, 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 blah, blah, blah. Obsidian is still around as a villain, isn't he? He's still around. Yeah, I don't even know what he is anymore. Um, but yeah, I think he's still around. I don't he know. Was, um, go ahead. Go ahead. He's the son. So two of the characters were the son and daughter of the Golden Age Green Lantern. Green Lantern. 
um, mm-hmm. Alan Scott, and one was Obsidian and the other one was Jade, and I don't know what has happened with Jade. I don't know if that character still exists or not. She was on Stargirl. Really? Um, briefly, yeah. Huh. Stargirl pulls a lot from Infinity Inc., which is great. Okay, well, I've got to watch it then. Uh, if there's ever a TV show that does the comic books right, every every other TV show and movie needs to pay attention to Stargirl. I, although, you know, the third season is the final season, but yeah, still, regardless. Wow. It's perfect, yeah. Um, Jeff Johns does it, so there you go. Yeah. I, the only character... What's, your, that, what's yours? Well, the, I, only, well, the only character from In- Infinity, Inc. that... that really makes the series look dated is Nuclon. <laughs> With that mohawk. And a headband. Why do you need a headband yes. if you have a mohawk? That's true. Well, I've never understood headbands anyway, but yeah, you know, especially <laughs> with a mohawk. And then there was that bird dude. What was he? Bird dude. He had a bird head. What? He was a yeah, bird head. <laughs> <laughs> he had a bird head. <laughs> that was beautiful chris thank you it just sounded like you know the beginning of a folk song well i need to know the next <laughs> line before you go any further <laughs> i have no i think i know who you're talking about but i don't know what the character's name was uh, yeah i can't i don't know i, I pulled up infinity Inc. members online and it just didn't really do it. it just um, go ahead with yours. Oh, okay. here we go. Here we go. Right quick. Let's see. Um, Jade North. Was it Northwind? <laughs> I'd rather have a Northwind than a Bloodwind any day. That's yeah. That's true. I agree. <laughs> you, no one needs a Bloodwind. I'd rather it come out right. my mouth what's than your, out my uh, what's your the other pick? Yeah. Okay, so uh, my first pick is Mike Grell's Warlord. Oh yeah. Um, and here is a here is a stunning admission. I've never read any of them. I've never Wait, read. What? I've never read one issue. It, it, to my knowledge, I've never read one issue. And it's what is wrong with you? I know it's supposed to be a fantastic series. It's a character that they, I don't know why they ignore, but they ignore him in DC. Um, and it's a series that ran. I, when I looked this, when I saw this number, I just couldn't believe it ran from 1975 to 1989. Yeah, that's huge. Um, keep in mind, I think Dan Jurgens did some later on, but. Mm. But they were okay. They were okay. Um, but none of them are collected. There there have been some collections. Uh, they are all out of print, and they have been out of print for quite a while. And that's a shame. Yeah. They should do an omnibus. Why, you know, just do a Mike Grill, just do all of his issues, collect them. I don't know how many omnibuses that would need to be, certainly more than one, but just start collecting it. Yeah. Um yeah, they had a DC Showcase Presents, those black and white ones. Yep. Um, I, I think I actually have that. Um, there was one issue, I think it was like number 14, if I'm not mistaken. It was probably the quickest comic I've ever read. And I <laughs> this is true. When I was in high school, I used to actually time myself reading it. <laughs> um, I think Mike Grell was probably at a deadline crunch. And so he threw in a bunch of pinups and just wrote a few words over it. Um, 
and it literally would take like a minute and a half if if that um but warlord was such a great series and then they they brought him back maybe 20 years ago or so as a completely new reboot and it was awful and then they oh, brought I don't him back rem- again back in I don't remember uh, that I don't remember that I, I want to say Andy Smith drew it I can't remember who wrote it um it, it just it didn't have the same feel to it uh, but then they brought back the incontinuity warlord again and Mike Grill at least wrote it I don't know if he drew it but he wrote it and it was good it just didn't last long when would that have been what year uh 15, 16 years ago, maybe. Oh, so in the 2000s. Yeah. Unbelievable. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, huh. But yeah, that original series, I mean, even the Dan Jorgens issues were good, you know, it, well, but, but the Mike Grell ones were f- absolutely fantastic. And I, I think if I'm not wrong and I need to look this up, I think they even uh, had Warlord as a character in the Justice League animated series. I think he showed up for a few oh, yeah? episodes, at least one episode. So, I mean, it's like, yes. the, so what are you doing? I mean, why, you know, what? Are, why aren't you doing, why aren't they doing something with this character? I guess they can't get the right team, the right, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, with, I mean, without, without it, being by Mike Grell, I don't know if it would even work. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, cause other people have done it and uh, yeah, you know, but I don't know. I, I would love to see, like you said, just a big omnibus just start from there and reprint them all. Even, even the ones Mike Grell didn't do, they were still fun to read. I thought so. All right. So what's next? Uh, I got a sort of a forgotten, um, series uh from the 80s called grim jack oh yeah uh john ostrander and timothy truman um, i want to say tom sutton maybe drew some later issues uh he first appeared in mike grill speaking of (laughs) people uh, mike grill's star slayer number 10 1983 but uh i never had a lot of issues of grim jack i think i had number one and i really liked it and then i had a couple issues here and there but i don't know why i didn't collect it regularly um which makes me even more want it in Mm. a collection because i would love to read them it was a really cool character i don't you know i don't remember tons about it but i just remember it was it was really cool and it was you know popular at the time um got a lot of attention is there any reason that it's out of print i don't know i mean you know i don't know if uh the comic book company itself was it eclipse maybe put may it out have, um, may have been i don't know if they maybe own the rights to it and they're not first comics first comics that was it oh yeah um, i do remember that same company that did um judge dread is that right or not could be can't could remember be. or it may have been the one that published judge dread in the united states i don't know yeah i am not sure oh legal history Let's see. Following the bankruptcy of First Comics, the legal rights to Grim Jack became tied up with First Comics' other assets. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't know. So it seems like there's just sort of a mess with it. Yeah, a legal um, mess. But some people say it's owned outright by John Ostrander, but who knows? I would I would love to see it reprinted. So uh, Ostrander, all those old stuff. Ostrander created it? Yeah, I mean, he wrote it. Um, huh. So, yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, he sort of, I think that's the first time I really saw him writing anything. 
so I don't know if that's where he got his start, but that was that was early in his career at least. All right. What you got? My next one is from 2001, and I have I have briefly mentioned it in previous episodes. And, and of course, what episode of our show would be complete without a mention of J.M. DeMatteis? Uh, this is the Spectre series that he did in 2001 with Ryan Sook as the artist. Um, I don't know why these aren't available, um, except for the fact that Hal Jordan is the Spectre, and maybe they don't want to confuse people with the fact that Green Lantern was the Spectre for a while. Um, but I think it was a short-lived series, but I'd love for him to collect it. Yeah, it was It was a really good series. Um, I think the Spectre is sort of coming back in DC Comics uh, very soon. So maybe it'll like build up some interest and maybe they will reprint it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I would love to see it. I mean, just, just reread that first issue written <laughs> by Demetrius where it's just, he's just, he's just evil. It's I'm not, we're not, I'm not going to talk about it again, but it was, you know, it was a good series. The we're art was series. good too. The art was, was really strong yeah. as well. Correct. All right. What's next for you? Uh, a comic book that uh, I've always loved. I don't think it was ever great, but um, it was Justice Machine. Um, oh, gosh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I remember, I want to say maybe I was in New Orleans at the time and like in junior high, and I saw this on the magazine rack because it was the magazine size at the time. And mm-hmm. the first issue, uh, John Byrne drew the cover. Mm. And uh, I was like, that is odd. I mean, Byrne's at, you know, tremendously popular why is he drawing the cover to this thing i've never even heard of it um for an independent company but um i bought them from then on and again it was never that great but i I loved it and uh for some reason i i I don't know if it's legal issues or whatever but it's just never been reprinted that i know of and i would love to have a collection of I, i have every issue but i would love to have a collection of them regardless the only thing i really remember about that was there was a uh there was a one shot justice machine versus the elementals. Do you remember that? Do you remember the elementals? Yeah, I think it was actually a mini series. Oh, yeah. it was a mini series. Okay. Yeah. Did, uh, was that the same creator for both of those teams? Elementals, uh, was actually next on my list. So we might as well just continue oh, with sorry, that. Uh, sorry. Bill Willingham, okay. Bill Willingham, uh, wrote them and drew them. Um, so yeah, I'd like to see the elementals, uh, done also. Um, And I think something weird like the green, like water superhero female girl, like had sex with a dolphin or something in one issue. I don't know if I even have that. I just remember reading about it. Like, why would, why, why would she have sex with a dolphin? Just because you live in the water, don't mean you sleep with every species. I don't. I don't sleep with ant eaters. I mean, you know. There, there I have mean, been rumors. Well, I tried, but that's a, that's another story. Um, I got, I got, no, I can't even say that. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, <laughs> moving on. What's your next one? Well, well, before we get to that, I, there was something that came to mind, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to let it go before I, uh, and it's, it's, I'm trying to remember what we were talking about, the elementals, and, um. Justice Machine, and it made me think of another series that was also connected to that and is now also, well, it'll come back to me, I suppose. I can't remember now. The the, the anteater thing derailed me. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's not a good phrase at all. Uh, my next he one derailed you. My my next one is um, I think I, I, this just blows my mind, and they recently reprinted it in a short-lived run to pay for to, well to provide some funds uh, to George Prince's family for all of his um, medical bills, but right before his death, and that is JLA Avengers. Yeah, there is no. I mean, I think it is an absolute crime that that is not just a, a perennially printed comic that should be out there. No, it's not, you know, it, the, the story, the, the, all none of that is, is fantastic. It, I mean, the art is amazing, but the story is so, so, so it's not like it's some, you know, dark Knight returns or, you know, or anything like that, but it's JLA Avengers drawn by George Perez and they should keep that in print. With every member that was ever on the team. <laughs> yes. All in one panel. No, but uh, yeah, um, I, probably legal issues. I don't know. I can't think of any reason why they wouldn't. Because it was, again, you're right. The story wasn't, it was good, but not great. But it was just, it was classic just to see him draw all of these characters in right. one book. The only thing that really is interesting about that is just to see him do that. I mean, that that's it. But I mean, why keep that on the shelf? Or, or not on the shelf in, in this case. I mean, why not just print that constantly and have it out? That's, I mean, it benefits both companies. I mean, make it a 50-50. I don't know what how you deal with the money with that, but, you know, just split everything down the middle. I agree. All I right. agree. It's a, it's a shame. Yeah. What's next? Uh, well, mine actually um, is sort of, I have the same question about it, and that's ROM. Um, oh, that's on my list. Yeah, I got, I have every issue. I would still buy the heck out of the, you know, both omnibuses that would probably fit in. And, it, and like we were just talking about with Avengers JLA, it's like, why can't Marvel and, um, is it IDW? I yeah. can't remember. Yeah. That owns the rights to ROM. Why can't they work out something to where they both benefit from this? Um, I mean, cause IDW, assuming it's IDW, they, they can't reprint it because it has Marvel characters in it. Marvel can't reprint it because they don't own the rights to ROM, but just work it both out. I mean, this well, would be great. I would love to see a collection of this. And fans are clamoring, you know, for right for Marvel's version of ROM, and, you know, it, IDW's it, version. Eh. And why did they let it go to begin with? You know? I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, unless they, once the series ended, they're like, what, what in the living heck are we going to do with ROM? <laughs> but I mean, they, they bring back the space knights. They just can't, <laughs> they can't call him Rom. You know, it's sort of like the, uh, the Micronauts, they call it the Enigma force because they created some of the characters Marvel did. So, right. So, and that leads yeah. to my next one, which was the Micronauts. So uh, mine too. Yes. Both of those are, you know, I didn't realize until I was kind of digging into this, that both of those series started in 1979. Both of them are Bill Mantlo too, aren't they? Yep. Uh-huh. Um, and he basically, he didn't, I mean, the, the amazing thing about this is, you know, now if a toy line comes along, um, you know, the toy company kind of has already fashioned a mythology behind the character or the characters. That was not the case in, in Rom and Micronauts. They, these were just products and Bill Mantlo built an entire, you know, storyline around them. 
Um, it, which is amazing to think about, honestly. Uh, Micronauts had additionally had a ton of Marvel characters in it, of course, but it also had Michael Golden's art for the first year. And uh, the fact that people aren't able to see that is just unbelievable to me. Yeah, Michael Golden is one of the all-time greatest. Um, but, you know, there was also, after him, was Pat Broderick, who I loved. There was oh, yeah. Kelly Jones, uh, Jackson Geist. They all sort of got an early, got their start or early in their careers on that book. It was, I mean, it was just good the whole way through. I mean, even even after... Uh, Michael Golden left. I mean, it still remained good. I heard it explained this way that um, the like Hasbro owned the characters, and but Marvel owned the stories about those characters, and that when you think about that, that gets very complicated very fast. Yeah, yeah, and and the Micronauts were brought back years later, like in the maybe late nineteen nineties or early two thousands. And then uh, sort of sh- Macon's, uh, well, he lived in Macon at the time. Dan Jolly wrote a series and Pat Broderick actually drew it. Hmm. And the characters that Marvel had created, they made similar characters. So it, it, it had that feel of the Marvel comic and it was really cool. Um, and it only lasted four or five issues. And then something legal yeah. happened with it that... I remember Dan Jolly could not talk about it hmm. um, at the time. So I'm not sure exactly what happened, but still. So there you go. Wow. All right. What do you have next? Next is uh, Ambush Bug. You know, I didn't think about that. It's <clears throat> it has, yeah. has it ever been collected? I don't, I don't know. Unless there was a showcase presents. And I don't even think there was. Um, but yeah, I mean, just just reprint like his early first appearances and and like the, th- you know, there's like what two or three miniseries and maybe a special here and there. Yeah, I mean, they could you could fit them all in one collection, and it those are the funniest things. They don't make any sense, but you know, it's it was Keith Giffen at his finest. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just just us sitting there reading issues together and no not looking on the same page you know huddled up in a chair together but you know separately in your room we were reading it and just both cracking up you know yep. the whole time it was it was great uh well what my, you got? my next one is uh going back to Demetrius again this is justice league 258 through 261 uh that's the four issue arc where he killed the justice league detroit <laughs> you really like him destroying them, don't you? I mean, I think it's probably one of the most joyous things ever. Would, would have been to be assigned <laughs> that as something to do. Like, basically, you know, nobody cares, so have at it. Um, <laughs> But you would think that that would have at least some kind of collection, although it's funny to me that it's only four issues. Um, And I think it was connected to the Legends miniseries at the time because Legends was kind of a – Oh, yeah. was a chance to reboot and that's where the the new justice league came out of yeah. legends so they had to get rid of those characters um and uh yeah that's the uh that's where professor ivo uh takes them down and it's I, personally i just think it's some of the worst art 
ever is Luke McDonald. Yeah. Do you like his art? No, no. I, I, I but I, I really liked his Suicide Squad, but yeah, his yeah. art, I don't, I it's, don't like. It's like the art is actually terrible. But I remember really liking <laughs> Suicide Squad too. Like I don't, I yeah. can't explain it. Everybody looks blocky. Are those Suicide Squads? Are those collected? You know what? I don't know if they are. Um, that could be. I didn't make my list, but that would be a good one. Yeah, would be a great omnibus. Yeah, you know. Uh, all right, what do you have? <laughs> well, well, right quick back to that JLA Justice okay. League. Yeah, it's sure. like, can you imagine the editor coming to you as a writer and saying, you know what? Just kill these characters. <laughs> Just do it. I mean, how much fun as a writer right. did Demetrius have saying, you know what? I just, I just get to pretty much do whatever the heck I want with this. You know? <laughs> that had to be glorious. That I would like to know what the sales numbers were for the Justice League Detroit. You would think that they could put, just put together a collection of Justice League Detroit. I mean, it's horrible. <laughs> It's horrible, but why not? You know, I mean, there's much more work. There's much worse things that have been collected. I, I'm surprised it wasn't like when, uh, like with the Flash TV show. I mean, vibes in there. It's actually, yeah, you know, a lot more likable in there. But, um, you know, it's like, okay, that would be if you're ever going to reprint it, reprint it then, you know, right now. But I guess there's still like, yeah, there's no hope for Justice League Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> and if you hear my dog barking in the back yeah that's, she's going nuts so, i hear it yeah barely i hear it yes all, all right. right what's next um my next one is uh omega men oh yeah why, why is there not an omnibus just it, it, one omnibus could reprint everything which and there's there's a trade of the tom king series right yeah. So why? Um, but it didn't have that Omega Men feel. Well, know? no, no, no. I, I, I know that. Oh, well, yeah, I know my, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Why wouldn't you market the original <clears throat> to help sell the new one? Right. I, I, I agree. I mean, the original. Having said that, it, the original wasn't that great. I mean, the Keith Giffen issues that he drew, maybe the first six or so. I mean, they were good. Um, I can't remember. <sighs> I can't remember who wrote it. I'll have to look it up right quick. But um, Todd Smith drew them after that. And they it just, it, it was not my cup of tea with the art. Um, and then the last few issues was Sean McManus. But I want to say like Will Slifer wrote it or something. Does that, does that sound right? <laughs> it does. Will Slifer. <laughs> it did make me for some reason think about the fact that to the best of my knowledge, the classic, classic, Paul Cooperberg uh, Peacemaker series is not available in trade. <laughs> I'm not buying that if it's in trade. <laughs> or Wild yes, Dog. Slifer. Wild Dog isn't oh, available in. <laughs> Max Allen Collins. They should yeah, do. Roger Slifer. Um, they should do a Max Allen Collins uh, omnibus, and the whole thing looks like a garbage dump. But you, you know, pull it out of the. <laughs> Sorry. Damn. <laughs> Looks like a garbage. That uh, that is the worst we've said about him yet. Um, that would be great. Have just look like a garbage dump. And when when they're the boxes are dropped off to the warehouses, a dump truck could could drop them off. <laughs> because surely no one's going to buy it. Well, 
Somebody will. No, I'm not. I'm not. And I buy everything. Um, you would not yeah, buy Omega the Paul. Co- you would not buy the Paul Cooperberg. Uh, Mad Dog. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Not Mad Dog. And he was uh, Peacemaker. Peace. No. Oh no. 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 I'm not buying either of those. Although Mad Dog was on the Arrow show and he was better than he was in the comics. But, I can't. Um, oh wow. All right. I'm sorry. I I, I distracted from uh, from what no, you're. I'm never going to get the. <laughs> looks like a trash can <laughs> so omega man yes written by roger slifer um they were roger they were very wordy um, oh no the art was bad for the majority between <laughs> keith giffen and sean mcmanus which was good art but uh todd smith's art was eh. and there's something about it though that i i loved it even though like the best characters were killed off early on so they just had characters i didn't even like so i'm not exactly sure my appeal but i love it i would buy i have every issue but i would buy the omnibus in a heartbeat and there's a like a four issue miniseries uh years later that came out um and i'd i'd buy that you know they could include that in there but uh i don't know did you read many issues i did not Yeah, they were they were wordy. That was probably a big uh, turnoff for you. <laughs> I'm just going to say this again. <laughs> Comic books to me are a visual medium. So you show what you can show and you tell only what you have to tell. But now I understand. I understand when you're talking about like EC comics and like you know where like a decade can pass between one panel and the next. That kind of requires that you explain a lot of stuff. Um, but in in other like if you're looking at the Mark Grunewald Captain Americas, he ain't explaining crap. It's just talking. <laughs> So, so like, what about in the '60s and '70s, like Marvel or DC Comics, where every panel had a a narration telling what was going on? Do you are you against that or? Well, that was you no, know, that's early comics. You know, I mean, and, and to a certain degree, if you look at the, you know, most of them, they still read pretty quickly. It's not that overloaded, um, but there's really no excuse once you get to like the, you know, the late '70s, early '80s. They should have had that down by the end <laughs> now the mark grunewald captain america's though i mean he had to explain why cap turned into cap wolf <laughs> so you need you need to know the history behind that chris <laughs> five issues of him as cap wolf are there really i think so yeah and then that what is that villain scourge the- i liked him he he was just going around killing all these lame villains that they've all brought back since. But yeah, I loved it. He was just, you get to see all these villains that hadn't been around and that you haven't seen in forever, just dying. It was pretty cool. You didn't like Scourge? I just remember it being a big, uh, you know, a big promotion throughout all yeah. the, all the comics, but uh, yeah. And then no. it just sort of fizzled. Yeah, it just that whole era. That's when the the printing was so bad of comics. It looked bad. The comics looked yeah. bad. The colors looked bad. I don't have a good memory of that time period at all. And then when I opened that collection of Grunwald 
caps. I mean, it was like bright, garish color again. And just characters just talking, just just saying words. It was just like just it was just like <laughs> word vomit just just all over the place they just like talking on the phone like the huge paragraph i'm like well, nobody talks like this you are losing it you know it's great <laughs> yeah i remember there was a mark grunwald issue where i think i've said this before but you know cat walked in a room and he saw somebody he didn't know and he said and who might you be <laughs> who talks like that and who might you be Nobody talks like that. And then Cap was driving around in a van <laughs> with with a little kid sitting in his bedroom what? telling him where to drive. <laughs> what? Bad all the way around. Yes. I don't even want to think about that. All right. So I have my last two are kind of related and neither of these are what I would consider to be good comics. However, they're, they're interesting to read. They're interesting to kind of, I, they were sort of a once in a lifetime kind of event, both of them. And the first one is the Marvel versus DC uh, event that happened. I guess that was in the nineties. Yeah. Um, not, a particularly great moment for either company. Uh, but following Marvel versus DC, they both companies merged quote unquote into amalgam comics. And they did a series of comics that were these like merged characters of both Marvel and DC. Really interesting, really hard to find. Uh, I don't know that they were ever collected. Um, if they were, they're certainly not, collected now because of i'm sure legal issues um but interesting you have anything yeah. you have any thoughts I have, about I those have a few of them yeah i found them like in bargain bins i think eventually i didn't i didn't buy them when they came out because i think i was that was the like dark years the of couple David. Of years that yeah. i was yeah <laughs> i was not buying um stupidly um so yeah they were interesting it was it was it was pretty cool. Um, sort of, if I remember correctly, those sort of typical, like a '90s feel to it. Yeah, I mean, pretty much everything I see from that just make just screams Mark Bagley <laughs> or Dan Jurgens or something. Yeah, I, you know, it's that very um, milk toast, just, just like very conventional superhero. Nothing that particularly stands out. Now, the amalgam issues, they tried to do some kind of interesting things with those. Um, the only one I really remember was one that was like a, it was Green Lantern, but it was like a female Green Lantern. I don't know if you remember that, but she, it was. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, she had a hood or something. Yes. And, or a cloak. And she carried, she had like a, like, it looked like, like a. <sighs> It was like a sta it was like a staff on a lantern, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was sort of an idea. I don't, I don't remember what two characters beyond Green Lantern. I can't remember who that merged Green Lantern with. Um, but you know, they're interesting. There were a few interesting ideas there. Um, I've kind of it's kind of one of those things that's just sort of uh, um, interesting from a historical kind of perspective to see what they did with it. Uh, but unfortunately, they didn't really have the creators uh, that that would have been. I mean, golly, set set somebody like Jeff Johns on that. Set somebody like even Bendis. You know, have Johns and Bendis work together or something like that, and you'd have something really interesting. 
Uh, what you got was just kind of like product. You know, we can put this out. Yeah. People will buy it because it's, you know, Batman and Captain America on the same in the same book. Yeah, it's it's sort of like they just when it comes to stuff like that, they just it's like the big names don't really want to do it. Yeah. And the so they're like, OK, we'll just get the, you know, the guys who'll do it. Regulars. And, yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So. Which, by the way, I saw this past week that John Romita Sr., first of all, is still alive, which is amazing. And he's like 95. He does not look 95. He looks like he might be 70. Yeah, so, I saw the same picture. I think. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, well, you know, like, John, the they have apparently really good genes because John Romita Jr. looks pretty young still. So apparently they they've done something right in their life. I just thought that was a funny thing. That they, they've done something right. <laughs> you know, or they just got, you know, they just got uh, lucky in the uh, genetic, in the, the gene, Lazarus in the gene pool. I know. It was like, that's amazing. Anyway, sorry. I didn't want to distract from that. But anyway, that's where we are with uh, Amalgam and Marvel <laughs> versus DC. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like they have any control over it whatsoever. Just drink a lot of V8. Maybe. Uh, no. <laughs> I tasted that once. So, yeah, moving on. Uh, so uh, is it my turn? I'm done. So what do you have? Okay. I got four more. Okay. Um, two are sort of, I can sort of combine into one. Um, there's Firestorm. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's like, why haven't these been reprinted? I mean, even the original series, I think, what, Jerry Conway or Gary Conway, I don't never know how to pronounce it. Uh, maybe co-created him. And even Hell Milgram, I think, drew the original series that lasted what five or six issues, but, um, and then the second series in the eighties that had, uh, Pat project drawn them at the beginning. And yep. that lasted over a hundred issues. That was, you know, the great thing about firestorm is it's, they're never great, but they're not bad. They're just good, solid, fun comics with a bunch of villains. And, you know, you don't have to think too hard, but it's just entertaining the whole way through. So I'd love to see that. You know, um, uh, let me say, yeah. let me say this real fast. You know, God uh -huh. bless John Ostrander. He tried to do something deeper with Firestorm. We turned him into an elemental. Uh, yeah. I, I wasn't fond of the character design. I think that was Tom Mandrake, if I'm not mistaken. Might have been. Yeah. The, and then the, Tom Grinberg drew it afterwards. Um, it, but it was an interesting, it was an attempt to do something different. But in the end, as much as that costume makes absolutely no sense, that's that's what people want to see. And that's what I want to see. And you put a puffy shirt on anybody, they're going to look glamorous. A yellow puffy shirt with, yes. with, with uh, I don't know, bandoliers on it. It makes no sense whatsoever. And one of those masks that covers everything but the face. <laughs> and, and flaming hair. Yes. Um. Yeah, there, there was just a Firestorm short story in the back of uh, one of the Lazarus Planet crossovers. It's sort of like a new miniseries coming on now. Oh, okay. Um, so maybe, and and instead of Professor Stein, uh, it was replaced by another sort of smart guy. <laughs> so maybe they're going to do something with him. I don't know. I mean, I bet. It's always oh, been an interesting back, character. Go ahead. Back. Yeah. What? And that, and that fire elemental, I was thinking earlier today, it's like, he changed him into the fire elemental, but he's not, he's not anywhere near as powerful as he was when he was regular firestorm. Cause the regular firestorm could transmute anything into anything, <laughs> right? Which, which made him unbeatable. They just had him 
always getting his butt whooped, but it's like, just turn their costume into talcum powder or something, you know? Right. Turn their guns into flower petals. You've won. Any Anybody you're fighting that has costume powers, just make it disappear. I mean, he's basically Dr. Manhattan. You know, pretty much. Could yeah. Just basically yeah. make him every, every, he could make you disappear. I mean, uh, that make, would be for the best. Yeah. Like evaporate your, your, uh, the, all of the fluid in your body or, you know, it's like, it's like, this, <laughs> it could be, be very horrific. <laughs> evaporate all the fluid in my body. This is how your brain works. Well, speaking of Dr. Manhattan, um, the one that's, uh, another Pat project one is Captain Adam because same character. Um, as Dr. Manhattan, um, Captain Adam, also drawn by uh, Pat Broderick, written by uh, Kate's, was it? Um, hmm. Or Mike W. Barr. Who was it? I think it was last name Kate's. Sorry. Apologize to whoever wrote it, but because um, you know they're listening to this. <laughs> but uh, Captain Adam was another one of those comics that was just good, solid comic the whole way through. Nothing great, nothing bad, just. Good, solid superhero comic. And you read a bunch of them too, didn't you? I did. I really liked it. Yeah. But um, Bates I mean, was the, was the, was the. Carrie Bates. Carrie Bates. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, for some reason, I just, I loved it. Yeah. Um, and I think after a while, Raphael Kanin, I'm mm-hmm. probably butchering that, drew some, and he, he was a pretty good artist. Um, all right. I got two more, Chris. All right. You ready for this next one? Yep. Marvel Comics US One. One of the worst ideas for a comic book character ever. He was a truck driver and didn't he wear a headband also or something? I think so. Um I've only read like one or two issues. I don't really know what his I mean, are you was. are you I'm, actually wanting that to be in a trade? Yeah, yeah I I would buy it. Yes. Would you also buy the some, NFL some Super Pro? Just, um, no. I didn't buy Brute Force either. <laughs> Um, but, but I would buy us one. It's such a terrible idea that I've, I've got to, I've got to see what it was about. I, Cause I don't re- really remember the couple issues I read back, you know, in the what early eighties. So yeah, let's out of all the characters we can create, let's create a truck driving superhero. I mean, it was just weird. It's oh, a terrible idea. Would you read it? Would you, would you rather read the collection of US one, there's probably only about 10 issues or Cowboy Wally. Cowboy Wally. I will give you I mean, that. I know you're not going to read either. <clears throat> no, no, well, true enough, but I will give you that. Were that the choice? <laughs> were that the choice? Yes. All right. So, my final one. This is less of a trade paperback, but more of a single issue that has never seen print ever. Okay. Um, to my knowledge, and that is uh, Swamp Thing, Volume 2, number 88, which uh, Rick Veitch was uh, writing them at the time, and uh, Steve Yates was, uh, had just started drawing them. Uh, Rick Veitch had been drawing them. And uh, he was uh, pushing Swamp Thing backward through time, and I absolutely loved the storyline. Hmm. Um he went back through World War II and earlier and earlier and earlier. And in the meantime, you know, these different DC characters from those eras are showing up in the comic. He went back to King Arthur's time. Um, 
And then he got to number 88 and he, I think he only had like four issues left before the end of his run. Um, and when he got to 88, it was, he, he wrote it. Michael Zuli actually drew it. Uh, it was pretty much, um, Swamp Thing meets Jesus and they mm -hmm. called him the Nazarene in there. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think they were going to make the three wise men as assassins. It, it sounded like just awesome. And, uh, the editors DC was like, Nope, Nope, that we don't want that it to hurt the company, which doesn't make sense because this was, I think vertigo at the time. Right. And they were putting out much worse. I mean, read hell, Hellblazer. I mean, that mm -hmm. had all sorts of religious stuff in it. So didn't make a whole lot of sense. This is the same, no. by the way, this is the same company that eventually gave us preacher. Preacher and Lucifer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Right. It was right. too, it was, it was, I mean, it really was ahead of its time. It was a, probably yeah. a little too early for that. I guess. Um, but in 2004, he tried to get DC to print it again and they denied it again. Why? Why? That's 2004. You've done so much worse since then. That makes so, no sense. Yeah. And the, the bad thing also was, okay, he left the book immediately. They told him he, you know, he'd already written the script, had already been drawn. Nope, we're not printing it after they'd already agreed to printing it. So he immediately left the book uh, before the story was over. And so DC had to scrounge for another writer to finish the story. Uh, so the book went on hiatus for a couple of months and Doug Wheeler took over, which to me was great. He wasn't that great of a writer, um, but he'd only written a backup story in an Image Comics Christmas special. And DC said, you know what? You're hired. Wow. <laughs> Which it's like, okay, I appreciate them taking a chance. They took a chance with Alan Moore and, you know, all these other writers at the time. Why not just take some unknown writer who's only written one thing, you know, this fresh voice and say, here, go with it. Um, it didn't really work, though. Um, and I remember the time travel story just sort of sputtered at the end and little boring ending, I think. Um, but Jamie, I don't know if it's Delano or Delano, mm -hmm. um, was going to take over. And then after he did it, uh, Neil, uh, I think Neil Gaiman was going to maybe do a story arc or an issue or something. So they had, you know, this, this good lineup afterwards, but they were like, Nope, you know, out of respect for Rick Feitch, we're not, we're not going to do our stories either. So, you know, it's a big mess, but I would love, love, love to have this printed because I've never, obviously never read it. I'm looking at the cover right now, uh, or at least... Isn't we'll, he like the cross? Yes, yes. It's a great cover. Um, yeah. Morning of the Magician was what the name of the story was. Um, amazing. So I guess they were calling Jesus a magician or something? Or I don't know. I mean... Yeah. Um, but I mean, I don't imagine it being necessarily blasphemous, you know, I, that's right. not really how Veitch was necessarily. Right. Um, but he was into sort of dark humor. So who knows? Maybe, I don't know, but I, I still don't think it would have done any harm whatsoever, even at that time. So what I'm know? reading, what I'm reading right now, says it, it, the story was supposed to include Etrigan, which would make sense. And the Golden Gladiator is an older character. Um, the story would have revealed how the three wise men were actually assassins and that the Nazarene was a hedge wizard. <laughs> hedge wizard. He could control hedges. 
I don't really know what a hedge wizard is. I've heard of it. I don't. I couldn't define it. Um, I, I really, I don't have any. I don't have any notion of what that is. Anyway, uh, I had forgotten about that controversy. You know what? I think what year was that? Uh, let me see. I'm trying to see what I have an idea why this was particularly a problem. Do you know what year that was supposed to happen? I could. I could look it up. Um, I, I'm thinking that this was near, uh, the last temptation of Christ. Um, yeah, probably so in the same, in the same era. And there had been a lot of, uh, that had had a lot of controversy. And I think that DC was just trying to steer away from that. I'm not trying to justify it because there's no yeah, way yeah. you can justify that. But I think that 1989, but yep. Yep. I think that puts it in perspective. Uh, and, you know, historically about what the political and religious political situation yeah. was in the United States during that time. And they just didn't right. w- want more of that. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, fundamentalists who were protesting the movie. They probably didn't want that happening. It's interesting. Which, of I, course, made the movie and the book more popular than it ever oh, was. Oh, absolutely. And I, I mean, I, at this point. They could publish the thing and and make a make a buck off of it, and it's not. I mean, I, I guarantee you, there is nothing uh, any more offensive than you know having a character in preacher named Assface. You know, I mean, you know, <laughs> right? I mean, right. So, so somehow that's okay, but this is not because I don't see anything in here that seems, you know, that seems. Uh, any any more controversial than frankly anything else that has been done by right. Vertigo. Interesting. And just like put it put Rick Veitch's run in an omnibus and just include that in there. And you'd sell a ton How of How hard them. is that? Yeah. You know I would buy it in a heartbeat. I mean I have every issue. I would I would buy it. I I, I want to read this thing so bad I don't know what to do. But it is what it is. I actually contacted Rick Veitch through huh. I don't, maybe MySpace or something back, you know, like right. 20 years ago, I was asking him about it. And at the time, which I guess was probably around 2004. And at the time he was like trying to, trying to get it printed, you know, and hmm. I guess it fell through, but it's a shame. It really is. But that's all I got. Well, oh, yeah. That's a good one to end on because that's, that's one that I don't think many people even know. I think it's been forgotten. Largely, I mean, I, I hadn't yeah. thought about it in a long time, so I'm glad you I'm glad you included with that. So we're going to move on, and this is going to be a little bit of a different. Uh, well, it's not really trivia, I guess it is. So here's what we're going to do. Are you ready? Sure. All right. It is Black History Month as we mm-hmm. record this. So uh, I don't know if you remember the old uh, game show, name that tune, but you had to say you know, and how many seconds you could name that tune. So we're going to do a variation of that. You're going to, you're going to tell me, uh, in how many, and you can't. All right. So here's the thing. When I say this statement, you have to immediately give me a number. You can't sit and think about the number at all. So when I say the question, I'm going to ask you for a number and then you have got to just immediately respond with how many you think you can do. Okay. With how many? Oh, hang on. You hadn't heard yet, but you got to respond fast. <laughs> you ready? 
Well, I'm, I'm just making right. sure I understand what I'm supposed to do. Okay. Here's what, here, um, here's what we're going to do. I'm about to say how many of something you can name in 30 seconds. And gotcha. You, okay. you just I have to you. take yeah, it. Yeah, basically, yeah. you don't get a chance to like think about it for a long time. You with me? So as soon as you ask the question, I give a number and then I start trying to answer it? Yes. Okay. How many, and I'll tell you when to go, how many black superheroes can you name in 30 seconds? Ten. Ten. All right. Clock starts now. Black Goliath, Black Panther, Black Lightning, uh, uh, Mr. Terrific, uh, James Rhodes uh, as Iron Man, uh, or War Machine, um, uh, Photon, which was uh, Captain Marvel, uh, Vixen, um, Dr. Midnight from Infinity Inc., Time. Yes. You got right. eight. Eight. Okay. That's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. That's pretty good. Eight characters. I'm trying to think of any other uh ones that we might have missed. And offhand Falcon. I, Falcon. That's a big one. That's a big one. Yes. Um well and, original but, Captain America. Yeah, right, right, right. It certainly beats my first topic that I came up with for trivia, which was going to be naming a, a series of characters and asking you what you think their favorite candy would be. <laughs> that would have been brilliant. So I got three. I got three characters before I, I abandoned it and went to the to the uh, Black History <laughs> Month version of this. So so just as a just as a lark right here. So Swamp Thing's favorite candy. Don't even think about it. What do you think? Candy cigarettes. <laughs> Big League Chew. <laughs> those fake, those fake wax lips. <laughs> All right, Gorilla Grod. You... <laughs> um, whatchamacallit. What in the world? That's a candy bar. I know, but like... <laughs> What's the association with Gorilla Grodd? What do you call it? That's what he oh, oh, Flash, if only I had known you could bring me an unlimited supply of what you call it. <laughs> Did you like my impression of Gorilla Grodd? That was great. Yeah, I pictured him wearing a beret. <laughs> that would be Monsieur Actually, Mala. Actually, that's Monsieur Mala. Yeah. <laughs> so you got another one for me? Robot Man. <laughs> Funyuns. Can you imagine those things crackling That's in his metal candy. mouth? That's not <laughs> candy. But he's Combos. a robot. How would he know? Combos. That's not a candy. All right, he wants the Worthers. <laughs> that old man candy. Worthers. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Can't you imagine him eating Worthers and they're just they're just like just all stuck to his metal mouth and well, melted. Actually, <laughs> I think combos. I think those are good things because it's like he, maybe he thought those were candy because he's a robot. How would he know? He don't know. <laughs> so that's well, one of the few things his giant metal fingers can pick up. <laughs> All right, so on that note, I will uh, I will close us out. This is episode thirty seven 
Don't Wait, forget. I only had uh, I only had one Black History Month trivia question. Yeah, that was the only question I had for you. That that was it. That was it. <laughs> I, personally, I got one question for the trivia. Pers- Answer it, and we're done. Personally, I thought you would set a set your bar a lot higher than ten in thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> That's one every three seconds, and I still couldn't. Oh, uh, Prowler is another one you forgot. I only had 30 seconds. <laughs> I, I named eight. Don't be throwing Hobie Brown in there. <laughs> you didn't mention Bloodwind either. <laughs> For good reason. Or triathlon. For good reason. Yeah, you know, you brought up the Prowler, who's a great character, and now you're bringing in Two two crappy ones. <laughs> what about a cockroach? What? He was a oh Luke Cage. Um, he was a Luke Cage uh, villain. No, cockroach. He didn't look like a cockroach. He was like more of a gangster type of dude. What was the What was the main? Uh, oh, in Tombstone. Yeah, that's a, that's interesting. Um, what? Amazing man. Who is the? Uh, no, there is an amazing. There is an amazing man that Wasn't is. Wasn't he an all star squadron? Or yeah, something? yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not. I think you got most of the major. A, can you think of any? It was other? the Gwen. You know, Gwen's Spider Gwen is from a different Earth, mm-hmm. Earth sixty five or something. So I could I could pull Reed Richards from there because he was he was a kid. He was nothing other than being a genius. He was nothing like the Reed Richards on our on the real think world or whatever. But um, yeah, he was a black character. So huh. that worked. Miles Morales. Yes, that's a I don't think you said that one. That's a big one. I did not. I did not. Yeah. Right. Hey, I wouldn't do good on game shows. Although, again, I did get eight. That's pretty good. But yeah, you put me on a game show, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Yeah, that's true. It's uh, I. I would choke every time. Absolutely. Um, yes. All right. So with that in mind, I, we are going to close out the episode. And uh, David, uh, if anyone wants to reach out to us to to uh, provide questions or comments, they can reach us at cast at gmail.com that's b-w-a-h-a-h-a-c-a-s-t at gmail.com you can chris will pay you ten dollars out of his own pocket (laughs) to email us not gonna happen and uh we also forgot to also i just said also (laughs) you also forgot to mention patreon which we don't we don't do correct because podcasts are free they are so they take that, no effort. So we'll try tell. to be back in about two weeks. Yes. And um, uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything, any final thoughts, David? Um, no, no, that's it. What's your favorite candy? Uh, zero candy bar. That's and it a, makes my teeth hurt whenever I eat it, but I love it. I mean, it. it is, that's like the, the sweetest candy bar ever made. Yeah. I, my teeth hurt for like five days after that. <laughs> Well, on that note, uh, we'll leave you to go to the dentist and uh, see you, David. See you, Chris.
Would I recommend them? Absolutely not. 